0: This is Locked on Cougars, your daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on this podcast. Thanks again for joining me. Monday edition of the show. We'll be recapping BYU's House of Horrors story that continues at McKeon Pavilion for the BYU basketball program as they fall at St. Mary's on Saturday. It's also the first day of the winter semester, which BYU football players, particularly returned missionaries, are expected to enroll. We'll break that down for you as well, as well as getting to some uh, getting to some other notes about the BYU football program that came out over the weekend, just to, from various platforms. We'll weigh in on that in the second segment. If we're talking some hoops in the first segment and everything else we haven't touched on we'll catch you up in in the final segment with quick hits thanks again for joining me on today's podcast it's a pleasure to talk BYU sports with you each and every day and without further ado let's get going this is Locked on Cougars for January 7th 2019. McKeon Pavilion yet again. BYU struggles on the road at a place that's just given them fits ever since they joined the West Coast Conference. BYU falls 88 to 66 late Saturday night to St. Mary's in West Coast Conference action. BYU drops to nine and eight overall and one one in league play, and it was a tough night. I thought it was a game that BYU I felt like actually had some momentum heading into the contest, but. They go in there, and I thought that St. Mary's took it to them right from the get-go. The final three minutes of that first half in particular, St. Mary's won an 8-0 run, took a 10-point lead, and it just felt felt like a bigger lead for St. Mary's at halftime than just the 10 points that it actually was on the scoreboard. I don't know what it is about McKeon Pavilion and St. Mary's. I don't know if Randy Bennett has a hex on BYU. But the Cougars just go to St. Mary's, and they cannot get things done there. I, I, they gave away Matthew Della Vadova garden gnomes before the game. A thousand of them were being handed out. I'm not going to lie. Me is just a sports nut who likes uh, little, little knickknacks, etc., I actually kind of wanted one of those garden gnomes. I thought it looked pretty funny. Made Matthew Dova Dova look quite fat, but we're talking about it's a a garden gnome, so what do you expect? But BYU struggles. Yoli Childs really, um, him and TJ Haas the only two bright spots for the Cougars in my mind. Uh, Childs finished with his 10th double-double of the season with 21 points to lead BYU and also 12 rebounds. TJ Haas, like he normally does, the second-leading score for the Cougars in this game. He put up 20 points as well as 4 rebounds. And then Nick Emery, uh, the only other guy that was in double figures for the Cougars, scored a uh, season-high 13 points on the night. So just a tough, tough game for BYU. I told you guys in the preview I did on the thing, Jordan Ford was probably going to be the star player for St. Mary's in this game. What did he do? Go out and put it up a game-high 23 points. He was joined by Malik Fitz, probably their second-best player player, their star forward, 18 points, nine rebounds. I thought he was quite good in that game. So just, I I don't know what it's going to take for BYU to win on the road at St. Mary's because you think about it, this St. Mary's team is almost completely different from the St. Mary's teams that BYU fans have seen play BYU over the last four or five years. But the story remains the same. I, I felt like they went in there and, man... It's just tough to see uh, what is going to get fixed in the immediate future for the Cougars, because there's all kinds of issues. Yoli Childs, I think, had the best uh, quote. Uh, I saw this in the Deseret News from Jeff Call, who did a great job covering this game. Quote, did you see anything we did well tonight? That sums it up. And... Hey, uh, it's just, it's something that BYU needs to deal with. A more extended quote here from Yoli Childs that includes that quote said, quote, how much time do you have? Seriously, we didn't guard the three-point line well. Too many turnovers that led to transition buckets. St. Mary's does a great job inside as you go to the rim. We should have been tougher and finished more of those. I was atrocious in the first half, wasn't aggressive enough. And then he finishes off, did you see anything we did well tonight? That sums it up tough loss for the Cougars they could have had a chance to get to double digit wins get that 10th win of the season instead they get blown out embarrassed and now they kind of have to drag themselves back home and I know the road schedule for BYU over the last uh, month roughly it's been five straight road games it's a road weary team but BYU they had three games in three weeks over the holiday period getting ready for conference play I'm not going to use the schedule as an excuse, similar to what the Utah Jazz had issues with. It is just something that BYU's got to deal with, plain and simple. They have to go out there and play. They had plenty of time off, plenty of time to practice, and I'm starting to question some of the buy-in from this team. And I know that's uh, that you don't want to, as a player, you don't ever want to hear somebody question your your commitment to something, but. I'm having some serious questions about certain guys on this team and their buy in to what 's going on on especially on the defensive side of the ball because b y u they 've got to figure it out because they 're giving up all kinds of road points uh, eighty eight to saint mary 's uh, they beat uh, they beat pacific by giving up eighty seven They've got to figure it out. If you can hold teams to 70 points, that's much better. You get above 80, and you're going to be in a dog fight every week. So they've got to figure it out. They'll be back home this week. Uh, their last home game was December 12th against Portland State. So it's nearly going to be a full month before B- between BYU home games. Uh, but this is just, it's its tough and plain and simple. And it was the most lopsided loss in all of the losses BYU has suffered at McKeon Pavilion, 22 points, which is to say something because I've watched plenty of games there where I felt like it was hopeless from the get-go for BYU. I wasn't necessarily hopeless from the very start of this game, but very quickly lost hope that BYU was going to have a chance and a 22-point blowout. So they got to figure it out. They're back home this week, and they've got to work – Especially on the defensive side of, the, of things, they're going to host Portland Thursday night at seven o'clock. Portland's not one of those teams in the mountain in the not the Mountain West. Well, wow, that's a throwback in the West Coast Conference. It's been off to a pretty hot start this year. They've they've been up and down, but BYU should have a chance to beat Portland on Thursday night, and, they, and on the, then on Saturday they welcome. Santa Clara into the Marriott Center. So Santa Clara has been a pretty good team this year. Herb Sendek has done a good job with that program since taking over there. So BYU's got a chance now to pick up two more wins in West Coast Conference play this week. But if they don't figure it out on the defensive end of the court... It's going to be a long season. I, I said last week that BYU, the, according to the Basketball Percentages Index, had them sub-20 wins. I believe would be the first time in Dave Rose's tenure, if it were to happen, that BYU didn't get over 20 wins in a season. And like I said, I'm starting to question some of the buy-in from the BYU football program, and they got to figure it out, plain and simple. There, there's a lot to break down from this team. They were outshot, outrebounded, just outplayed, plain and simple, at St. Mary's, and. I can't say it more than I already have that BYU they've had multiple chances to have that quote unquote wake up call with some of the losses they have suffered this year will this latest loss to St. Mary's be the one that ultimately gets them to figure things out I can't say that for certainty because they've had multiple other losses that have been quite embarrassing and have been in blowout fashion earlier this season and especially in non conference play and we're still seeing some of the same things affecting this team so It's going to have to take this team looking inward to figure things out, but we won't know if they're going to do that until we see them play the rest of the way this season. I'd like to see them buy in. I'd like to see them kind of get back to some of their roots on defense. Go back to the defensive structure you had a year ago. Throw out what you've been doing earlier this season. And if I'm Dave Rose, I'd be benching guys who aren't buying in on defense. That's just me. I, I want guys who are committed on the defensive end because if you have turnovers like BYU did in this game, you saw what St. Mary's does. On defense, you turn the ball over, it's easy transition buckets, and you pick up good points off turnovers. It's a critical piece of every game, and BYU is on the short end seemingly every game when it comes to turnover baskets. All right, there you go. Some of my thoughts: BYU's got to figure it out. There's a lot to there's a lot to digest. There's a lot to break down. But plain and simple, I'm starting to question some of the buy-in, especially on the defensive end from this team. TJ Haas and Yuli Childs are bringing in each and every night. I don't question the buyout, buy-in from those two gentlemen, but some of the other guys on this roster. I'm not sure that they're fully engrossed in what's going on currently, but we'll see. It's going to take them some time to get things figured out, but they're running out of time because conference play has started, and BYU's already flirting with 500. and we don't want to see the bottom fall out on this team, which easily could happen if they continue on the route they're going. All right, we will step aside here. Before we do that, though, do want to recommend to you guys, if you are interested in advertising with this podcast, we hit Cougar fans, BYU fans, all over the country and even internationally. If you're looking for a new way to reach customers, your company could be mentioned right now on the Locked on Cougars podcast. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their podcast. Our demographic is heavily skewed toward males over 90%, with more education and earning potential than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast. I would be honored to represent your brand and your company. Please email me if you're interested at lockedonbyu at gmail.com. We'll love to speak with you more about your company and have the opportunity to help advertise to potential clients or customers for your brand or company. Once again, email me at lockedonbyu at gmail.com if you're interested. We will step aside. Here we'll come back. Need to talk some BYU football news and notes. Winter semester beginning today day in Provo, which former BYU players, okay, not former players, uh, return missionaries for the BYU football program are expected to enroll. We'll break that down for you next, right here on Locked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, Welcome back to Locked on Cougars. Hey, I wanted to let you guys know if you got one of those smart speakers, say an Amazon, a Google, or whatever other smart speaker you got for Christmas or during the holiday season, it's easy, very easy to get this podcast and you can use that smart speaker to do it. All you have to do is tell it to play podcast Locked on Cougars. Very easy, very simple, and you don't have to do anything yourself. All you got to do is use your voice, and it plays the podcast. So use it, tell your smart speaker, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and you can get the best and latest in all BYU news each and every day with the Locked on Cougars podcast. Thanks again for joining me on this Monday edition of the show. Uh, BYU back in school today, winter semester beginning. It's a snowy morning in the along the Wasatch Front, plain and simple, but chance for BYU football to kind of get things going for 2019. They'll be starting winter workouts here shortly and there'll be a number of BYU return missionaries entering school coming off LDS missions and I wanted to talk about some of the guys they are expected to enroll today. Uh, one of them is Freddie Levi from Fontana, California out of A.B. Miller High School. He's a defensive end, a pass rusher, kind of in the same mold of a Sione Takitaki. He's from the same area of California, that Inland Empire area. The uh-huh. Um, I'm not going to say that he's going to be Sione Taki for the Cougars. It'd be, be great if he can bring some pass rush ability. Um, of course, getting into school early during the winter semester gives you a leg up in terms of if, if a guy wants to play in 2019. Any guy that enrolls this time of year has a much better opportunity because they'll have gone through winter workouts, summer workouts, and should be in relatively good shape. An offensive lineman that's expected to enroll is Kaden Haas. He is from the famed Pulaski Academy in Little Rock, Arkansas. Pulaski's famous because they don't kick punts. They go for it on fourth down 98% of the time. They very rarely punt. He was the star center for that program. Six foot two, 265-pound offensive lineman. I would expect he's a guy that's a candidate to redshirt in 2019, but you never know. Like I said, a guy that gets enrolled into school gets a chance if he's kept his weight up from his mission there's a possibility he could be in the mix along the offensive line Jake Oldroyd of course the hero of the Arizona uh, game kicked the game-winning field goal in Kalani Sitake's head coaching debut he's back off a mission Uh, he'll be competing with Skylar Southam for kicking duties if he's got a any ability to punt the ball. I would expect he could also be in the mix there. Uh, Ryan Recco is a guy coming off a mission as well. Won't, ex- won't enroll till this summer. Is more of a punter. Could also be in the mix to compete with Danny Jones at the punting spot. But Jake the Make, Old Droid, is going to be enrolling or expected to enroll today. Salofa Funa, a linebacker out of Spanish Fork High School in Spanish Fork, Utah. Expected to enroll. A three-star prospect in the class of 2016. 6'2", 220-pound prospect. His younger brother Mace Funa was a highly, highly touted prospect in this most recent recruiting class. Signed with Oregon, but Salofa expected to sign or enroll at BYU. I am actually very high on Salofa Funa's opportunity. He's very much in the mold of of a middle linebacker that we've seen from BYU over the last couple of years. I had a chance to watch him pretty extensively when he was in high school, and I felt like he was a very underrated pickup playing for Spanish Fork down there in the southern part of Utah Valley. And I'm very excited to see what he could do. Um, Chaz Ayu also will be enrolling. He's been home from a mission for some time now. We've talked about him previously on the podcast. If he's healthy and in shape, he could be one of the best players on BYU's defense, and he'll be only a sophomore for the Cougars this coming season. He was a four-star prospect, very highly touted member of the class of 2016, was a big-time pickup for the Cougars in that recruiting class. Back off an LDS mission, uh, he was kind of tailor-made to play that flash linebacker position, but with Zane Anderson also coming back off of a red shirt as a senior, it'd be interesting to see which of those two guys plays that position and if a Chaz Ayu or a Zane Anderson slots over to the bow or weak side linebacker position this season while the other one makes way. I don't know. I, I, I'm i excited. I think there's quite a bit of competition at the linebacker spots considering BYU saw a number of linebackers graduate this year, but it is an exciting time to be a BYU fan and have these LDS missionaries back. Uh, a note on a former Cougar, I have heard that Dylan Con- Holly will be working out here locally in preparation for his for his football future, particularly his hopes to play in the NFL. He's gonna be working out with his brother-in-law Jordan Pendleton at uh, Jordan Pendleton's training facility there in Lehigh. Pendleton does great work with the general public in terms of just workouts there, but also especially when it comes to pro day workouts. So best of luck to Dylan Cauley as he gets going on his pro future. We'll keep you updated on other guys and where they're going to be working out. I believe Sione Takitaki announced he's going to San Diego to work out there, getting out of the winter weather to work out in sunny Southern California can't knock him for that because that's great weather down there. So best of luck to all those former Cougars. I'm expecting BYU has a chance to see multiple guys drafted for the first time in some time this season. Particularly I would guess that Corbin Kafusi is the most likely to be drafted of the former Cougars coming out this year and then probably Sione Taki is the other guy that I would guess if there's going to be two guys drafted this year it would be those two but you never know we'll see if a guy like Austin Hoyt who's going to be playing in the East-West Shrine game game has a chance to make an impact and get drafted himself I know the coaches uh, made some bets earlier this year that they thought the Austin Hoyt could be a draft pick we'll see if they were right all right, and then one final note from you, got for me, I guess today is in terms of BYU football news. Is I thought Dick Harmon did an incredible job. He did a great piece once again in the Deseret News. We talk about a bunch of his columns, but he talks about the fact that Zach Wilson, this offseason, of course, being the guy, the man at quarterback for BYU, he needs to be pushed by Jaron Hall or a Joe Critchlow this offseason I know the coaching staff is very high on Jaron Hall's ability I had a chance actually to talk to some of the family of Joe Critchlow or extended family and I asked him like hey would Joe consider transferring because he was kind of buried on the depth chart this year and they said he's actually very happy at BYU he's a guy that grew up with a BYU posters all over his walls and they don't think he's going to go anywhere I guess I should also add here congratulations to him on getting married he married Ali Romney the granddaughter of Utah State Senator uh, Mitt Romney, I believe, over the weekend in Paris, France. So congratulations to him on tying the knot. And he's going to have an opportunity this offseason to maybe make a push up the depth chart. A guy like Baylor Romney, if he's going to stick a uh, quarterback long-term as well as Stacy Conner are two other players. I think that if they want to make a move, this is the offseason to do it. I get that Zach Wilson is the incumbent. It's going to take a monumental effort to unseat a kid like that, especially after he went... Pre- he was perfect in their bowl game, but it's an opportunity this offseason, and a guy like Zach Wilson needs to have some of these other quarterbacks on the roster. Push him for playing time, push him during spring ball into summer workouts, etc., and make sure that he is on top of his game come the 2019 season. Um, one other note for you, I forgot to mention this, is in, in addition to Joe Critchlow getting married, I should also say congratulations to Brady Christensen and also James Empey, to a BYU. Our freshman offensive lineman. They also tied the knot this past weekend or late last week. So congratulations! It is wedding season apparently in Provo for the BYU football program. And congratulations to those three players in particular, as well as anybody else that I did not see on tying the knot this past weekend. All right, we will step aside. We'll come back. Do an abbreviated edition of BYU former BYU Cougars in the pros. Of course, wild card weekend in the NFL in the books. A couple of Cougars. Uh, saw action this weekend. Some of them had a buy. We'll do a quick recap of that as well as recapping everything else we haven't touched on in today's podcast with the other BYU sports that were in action over the weekend. So that's coming up next right here on Locked on Cougars. All state wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16 car pileup. That's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate. Save money and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, as we close out today's edition of Locked on Cougars, just a reminder for you guys to use your smart speakers you may have gotten for Christmas or something you've been implemented in your home, having a smart home. All you got to tell it to do is play podcast Locked on Cougars. Easy way to hear the daily podcast. It's focused on the BYU Cougars, and we're proud to be part of the Locked on Podcast Network, which is America's number one daily podcast network. It's awesome to be talking BYU with you. One BYU Cougar was in action yesterday as wildcard weekend played out in the NFL. And that'd be former BYU cornerback Michael Davis. Started once again for the Los Angeles Chargers as they advanced with a 23-17 win over the Baltimore Ravens. It was a field goal fest for the Chargers. Only one touchdown in addition to five field goals. But they advanced. They'll be facing the New England Patriots and Kyle Van Noy this coming weekend. Davis had another good game. Two solo touchdowns tackles and as well as a pair of pass deflections on back-to-back plays late in that game it's his first playoff appearance and it's cool to see what he is doing like I've said multiple times on this podcast it is one of the feel-good stories in terms of former Cougars and his having an opportunity now to start in the NFL after being benched late in his BYU career All right, a couple other things for you before we get out of here wanted to let you guys know that BYU women's basketball continues to get it done on the hardwoods they beat Loyola Marymount 55-44 on Saturday they remain unbeaten in conference play 4-0 BYU women's basketball I think they're exceeding expectations they're playing extremely well now 12-3 on the season 4-0 oh overall. They're going to be on the road this weekend. They'll face Pacific Thursday night at 7 o'clock Pacific time. It's 8 o'clock Mountain time, and the game will be streamed live on the W.TV. Best of luck to Jeff Judkins and his women's team. Number 5-ranked BYU men's volleyball team actually had an alumni event over the weekend where the current team faced some of the alumni. Of course, BYU's alumni teams, if you were to get some of the top guys, you'd have an Olympic gold medal quality lineup in my mind. But the number five BYU men's volleyball team beat the alumni team three sets to one Saturday at the Smith Field House. Uh, they open up their season this week as they host number eight Ohio State Thursday night at the Smith Field House at seven o'clock. That game will be streamed live on the W.tv. Gonna be an exciting season ahead for BYU men's volleyball. Not as many, I guess, expectations for the Cougars this year, but they are still a top 10 ranked team. Still have national title aspirations. They've made multiple runs to the national title in recent years, but haven't been able to come home with that elusive championship. Will this be the year? We'll find out. We'll keep you updated on that. And then also, uh, the BYU, the university revealed renderings of the improvements that are coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. They're already working on these. They're putting in um, some veranda type things in the corners of each end zone that allow people in the upper parts of the stadium to not have to go all the way down to ground level to cross between the different sections of the stadium, the four sides of it. The pictures of it make it look spectacular. There's some nice stairways. It's almost a veranda look. Uh, The one thing I would recommend, and I've had multiple people I've talked to, I've explained this to them, I want to see a brick facade on the outside of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I think it would just kind of complete the look. I like the renderings of these new improvements coming to BYU. They're also adding extra bathrooms, which is never a bad thing. With a sporting event, that can hold up to 64,000 people, but very cool to see that, and and we'll keep you updated as any other renderings come about. We'll link the renderings, the pictures to the renderings in the show notes of today's podcast if you did not see those quite yet. And then one other final volleyball note is that Ronie Jones Perry, BYU star volleyball player, she has been named one of four finalists for the class of 2019 Honda Sport Award for Volleyball, as announced by the Collegiate Women's Sports Awards Association. Uh, she joined Stanford's Catherine Plummer, Jordan Poulter of Illinois, and and Samantha Seliger-Swenson from Minnesota as the finalists. It's been presented annually by the CWSA for the past 43 years to the top women athletes in 12 NCAA-sanctioned sports, and it signifies essentially, quote, the best of the best in collegiate athletics. So, we Think of this as being the Heisman Trophy for women's volleyball. Here's hoping that Ronnie Jones-Perry, who I think was the best player in the country this past year, the only other player that I think has an opportunity to make a run for this would be Catherine Plummer of course Stanford winning the national title and Plummer was their best player. We're rooting for the local girl in Ronnie Jones Perry best of luck to her the senior outside hitter had a great career and an even better senior season. So best of luck to her. All right, there you go. That is today's show, bouncing around to multiple sports. Of course, we'll be covering it for you this week. This week, like I said, last week we're going to be starting to break down some of the freshmen that signed with BYU in the early signing period, as well as breaking down position groups for BYU football as they enter the offseason school beginning today. So it's an exciting time as you make the run up to spring ball. We'll have it all covered for you right here on Locked on Cougars. Each and every day. So make sure to join us and please tell your smart speaker, play podcast Locked on Cougars. Very simple and easy to do. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on this podcast. If you are interested in advertising with us, please email me at lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Would love to represent your brand or company on this podcast and help you reach Cougar fans both nationwide and internationally as well, as well as right here in the state of Utah. If you're local, hey, we love that as well. Let me know what you think. Locked on BYU at gmail.com. Thanks again for joining me. This has been Locked On Cougars for January 7th, 2019. Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast at ads-